This is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and notifier button so you can be aware whenever a new episode is available. Also, leave a comment and a review. We would really appreciate that. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Welcome back, everybody, to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm your host. I'm the Clydesdale. We love to do fitness. And these are my friends. Got my co-host, Kat Shear, with me and the incomparable Colton Mertens, fan favorite, uh, two-time now CrossFit Games athlete. How's it feel to hear that? It feels pretty good. I mean, <clears throat> there's a lot of people that qualify for the games one time and then you know, there's kind of a flash in the pan and never make it back. But coming back, you know, two years in a row really solidifies you a little bit more as being a, le a legitimate games athlete. You know, as hard as it is to make it once, coming back again, you know, it really means a lot. And I'm excited to get another crack at it. Had it. Didn't have the year I wanted last year, but, you know, I've worked a lot on my fitness. I've gotten a lot fitter, a lot stronger, and improved a lot of my weaknesses. I think that showed a lot at Grand Games, and I'm excited to, I'm excited for next month. I can't wait. So I don't know if you can see the comments, but we've got a lot of pig talk in the comments already. Uh, pig patrol and a lot of snouts. Um, so uh, your fans Were are you, here. Colton, you mentioned that, you know, it's nice to not be a flash in the pan. Were you at all concerned that you might be? Yeah, I mean, I think every athlete just has those doubts that come into their mind. And, um, you know, you have points in training where your body doesn't feel great or you maybe have an injury and uh, or maybe you go compete, you don't have the performance you want. And, you know, you see people who come onto the scene and they maybe they do all right for one year and you think they're going to be around for a while, but they never come back. And there's always that voice in your head telling you that maybe that's going to be you. And, you know, just like everybody has those negative thoughts, um, but, you know, you just have to kind of have the mental fortitude and keep on grinding every day and trust the process and, you know, do doing a lot of work for self-confidence and getting your mind right. And, you know, it's, it was really close to me not coming back this year. I wasn't feeling great leading up to Granite Games and it was a very tough field and I ended up um, having a couple of bad events and <laughs> taking fifth again, which is not what I wanted, but, you know, I'm happy to, happy to be back again. Yeah. When you say not feeling good, were you, were you sick or were you just like, did you have like some kind of nagging injury? Were you just not in your head? What, what does that mean when you say you weren't feeling well? Um, I wasn't responding to training like I expected um, leading up to Granite Games, especially kind of once you get to the deload period and you start to back off on the training in intensity, didn't feel like my body was bouncing back the way I wanted it to. And, you know, just, okay doing a lot of events in training and just felt like I was operating at like, you know, 80% capacity and wasn't really feeling great. Um, and then kind of that kept up, you know, even the week of Granite Games and then <clears throat> going out there and competing and didn't feel you know, like super high energy. And, you know, just didn't feel like I usually do when I come up to compete after, you know, peaking, peaking for an event. And, um, ended up being I had I don't know some kind of flu or something the week of Grand mm -hmm. Games but um you know now I'm feeling a lot better and uh I'm really excited for the game's body's responding as I expected it to and um you know a couple you know maybe two weeks tops of hard training left and then we're gonna hit 
our deload and get our body feeling good and then see what we can do. So Travis asks, did you shed a tear at the Granite Games? Be honest. <laughs> no, but Allison did. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to, so I was there. Um, you were as lean as I've ever seen you. Have you changed anything in your nutrition leading up to that? Well, I started working with Ice Age Meals um, several months ago. And if anything, I've actually probably been eating more of them because now I have time to you know, just heat up a meal and eat it between uh, farming and training. Uh, before that, I would just kind of like drink a carb shake or grab a quick snack because time is pretty limited. But um, there's that. And then... <clears throat> I think I got up to around a hundred and like mid one nineties, um, during this off season, I was focusing a lot on strength and, um, I think I leaned out a little bit after that cause I was, gymnastics weren't feeling super great and just didn't feel awesome at that weight. And I think at grand games, I showed up around 185. I might be a little bit heavier than that now, but yeah, I think I was a little bit leaner. I think I've just kind of been leaning out very little by little too, just even like as I started CrossFit, just like uh, losing kind of the baby fat a little bit, I think. Yeah, because you're still really young in the sport and it people don't realize that because of all the teenagers coming up through the ranks now, but but you're right down there with them in the in that age range. It is scary to me that you were only at 80% at Granite Games <laughs> because the first four events, you were on fire. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like I could have done better on some things, but I mean, every athlete there can look back and say, you know, I messed up on this event or I just would have done a little bit better here and I could have done better. So, I mean, every athlete has those things. But, um, I mean, definitely started to kind of wear on me, like later on in day two and then day three. Um, <clears throat> I didn't really realize I was sick. You know, I kind of had a headache, had the sniffles, and then, woke up in the morning of day two and my body just felt, I was like, man, I'm, my body kind of hurts, but we really didn't do a whole lot yesterday. And then we lifted and we had like a three minute event. And then later <laughs> on in the day, it was like, oh, I have body aches because I've got the flu or something. It's like, I'm not sore, I just have aches. And then kind of the fatigue started setting in from there. And I was sick for about a week after, afterwards, but. You know, how just, do you, how do you not panic at that point in time? Like, that'd be real easy to sort of get in your head and be like, Oh shit. Like, this is not good. What do you have to do mm -hmm. to get out of that headspace? I said to trust my training. Um, you know, I wasn't training for all year, um, so that I could be the fifth best guy at a semifinal. You know, I wanted to be the best guy there when I showed up. And, um, I think if you prepare as best you can and you, you show up, you have a little bit of a, a little bit of wiggle room so you can have some things mm -hmm. go wrong and still have enough margin to get by and that's just kind of how it worked out i think i i think my fitness was good enough that i could take uh you know some hits here and there and still make it yeah. does your mindset change for as goal wise to i want to win the granite games to i just need to get back to the games <laughs> i really wanted to win <laughs> <laughs> we know I mean, we know there's so many good guys there and just um <clears throat> like just knowing that and i wanted to be like travis mayer chandler smith sam quant bukowski and all these guys who are 
big names in the sport. They come back to the games year after year. You know, Tim Paulson disqualified to the last chance. His six, his six appearance of the games, and you know that in my mind, that's just such a big opportunity. And I want to beat all those guys, and I want to be at the top of the pack there. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, going into day three, I knew those weren't going to be my best events, and I think I got eleventh on the echo bike running workout, and then did very poorly on the leg of rope climb. And, um, you know, going into the Lakers Road Club, I knew I wasn't going to be winning um, overall anymore. I felt a third. And then, so at that point, it was just like, I just need to try and do my best. And hopefully it's enough to get back to the games. So you brought up the legless rope climbs. Really, I would say that, sh- that was your only hole the whole weekend. Um, and you finished 27th in that event. And barely hung on and because you were what second going into that event i think i was third i was third uh first going into the day and then third after the uh echo bike run workout um so you knew that was that was going to be a trouble workout for you did did you change your plan or strategy at that point knowing one you're sick two the game spots on the line and this is not your best event no, I think if you have a really good strategy, um, then the environment and all the externalities um, shouldn't matter because your strategy in the first place should set you up to do the best that you can do. And, um, you know, your competitors, how fast they're going, whatever whatever else is going on, it you just have to do what's best for you so you can get your best time. And, you know, my strategy was based on that event, you just go as fast as you can and Hope you don't fail on round nine or 10. And, you know, I went as fast as I could. And that was just, that was just all I had for that event. <clears throat> you know, Lake of are definitely a weakness, have been a weakness for me. Um, you know, most events, they're usually not um, sprints. Like maybe there's like a chunk of three or five or seven or whatever. And I can manage those a little bit better. But then when we get to doing sprints and, you know, it takes me six poles to get to the top versus some guys are doing three. It's just hard for me to make up that time difference on such a short event. But, you know, um, I wish I could tell you how many rope climbs I've done since then. It's been a <laughs> ridiculous amount and um, getting better a little bit by little bit. And, um, you know, like uh, I haven't been doing a ton of rope climbs throughout the year, honestly, just because like in the winter, the rope's full of ice since it's outside. So it kind of limits my options there. But <clears throat> this fall we're getting our gym built so that won't be a problem anymore so i'm looking forward to that and i think it'll elevate my training in a lot of ways and i'll be a totally different athlete from this year to next year as well so that that is a funny point that you brought up because um tim paulson talked about how legless is his weakness and they made it a single movement in a in a workout or in a, yeah, in a workout that never happens, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when your yeah, worst I mean, move and it's the only move in the workout. Um, so <laughs> going to the games, like he's like, they're not going to have just a rope, a rope, legless rope climb event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> to me, that event is just vowed, just as vowed of a test of fitness as if you did 30 strict handstand pushups for time. Like, I don't see much difference in um, the validity of those two tests. 
So um, maybe I'm just complaining because I didn't do well in that event, but I'm not sure it was the <laughs> best way to test fitness. And um, yeah, it was unfortunate that it um, showed up in the way that it did, but uh, if I want to be the best, I need to clean those things up and I can't allow those those things to be, uh, I can't allow those things to happen. I can't allow those holes to be there. So Bruce Wayne asks, did that event put any doubts in your head? No, I knew I was still really fit. I mean, coming out of Grand Games, even though I placed fifth, I was more confident leaving there than when I came in. Because, um, you know, I got fifth on the workout with 150 wall balls in it. And, you know, there's athletes in the field a full foot taller than me. And you know, I'm, if you can't beat me in that workout, if you can't beat me that weekend with those events, you're never going to beat me. You know, that was your chance. And um, <clears throat> I'm excited for the games. I think after we get you know, 15 or so tests in. I'm looking forward to hopefully taking out a few of those guys that beat me at Granite Games. And I'm really confident heading into the games. That's great. So um, Travis asked about Allie making the games as well. And the two of you, I was going to ask you about what it's like training with Allie now that you're both going to the games. But um, how does it feel that you and Allie are both going to this year's CrossFit Games? Uh, that's really cool. We're really excited. And you know, she was there with me last year spectating and uh, it'll be a really great experience both getting to compete there. And, um, you know, uh, definitely put a lot more pressure on me at Granite Games after finding out that her and her team qualified. <laughs> but um, now I think I think they actually got third at uh, the at the max. It's two of the teams ahead of them tested positive for some PEDs. So, um, yeah, they didn't actually. So it was, it was just funny that you know, at the time, it looked like we both qualified by the skin of our teeth, but had a little bit more clearance than we thought. Yeah, I know she's really excited. They've been training really hard, and um, you know, she drives up to Iowa City up to up to six days a week, and uh, it's uh, 45, 50 miles from our house. And you know, basically, the only day she doesn't go there is their rest days. So she's been committing a lot to meet the requirements to be on CrossFit Kilo to. And, you know, the whole team's been putting in a ton of work, and I'm excited to see how they do at Madison. I know they're, they're pumped to get the opportunity. Are you guys going to be together during the games, or is she going to be with the teams? Like, what are the logistics look like of your, your living quarters for the week? Yeah, so I got I just, I'm staying in an Airbnb with the whole team. So I'm friends with okay. them. We've been together a lot. But um, last year at the games, um, it was kind of like once we got to the – the venue we were pretty much there all day and we didn't really see the teams much and you know kind of like we're on lockdown the whole time it seems like mm -hmm. um i'm not sure if i'll do that again this year so we'll see i would think so just make sure that you guys get your times right like like yeah. don't get a ride don't rely on them for your ride in because mm -hmm. they might have a completely different i feel like you need a driver or a person <laughs> yeah who yeah, we'll is have... who is who is your person you have a coach's pass Who's Armin McCormick, he's my okay. coach at CrossFit Kilo when I started CrossFit. Okay, was he your coach last year at the games, mm -hmm. or did Allie have your pass? Um, I don't know. I might have. No, Armin had the pass last year as well. Okay, all right. So mm -hmm. this is not his first rodeo. He knows what he's doing. Oh yeah, he competed at the games as an individual in 2011, and the Masters in 2017, and he was on the games team several times as well. So, got yeah, it. He knows all the in and outs and everything. Now, is he also responsible for the team? 
Nope. Mm-mm. They have Someone else. separate coach. Yep. Okay, Austin. I approve. Sounds yep, good. Yep. That's me momming so, up on you. <laughs> me playing the mom so, role. Arm is Armin is at Kilo and the team is Kilo too, correct? Yep. CrossFit Kilo is in Cedar Falls, Iowa. That's where I went to school at the University of Northern Iowa. And um then CrossFit Kilo two got started afterwards and Armin used to be a co owner there. And they're located in Iowa City. Um so yeah, once we moved back home, we were too far away to meet the requirements to be on a team from CrossFit Kilos here falls, but um, I mean, we trained in Iowa City quite a bit, and then once they decided they were getting a team together, um, we saw that we were close enough that Allie could go there and <clears throat> make the drive after work or before work or whatever, and yeah, we can go on from there. Yeah, I, I just wanted to clarify that because I was confused when I had you and Allie on a couple months ago. I thought Kilo 2 was their second team from Kilo, and mm. here it's a whole nother gym. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there was some kind of kilo empire, like the mayhem empire. (laughs) There used to be back in the day when most of the teams were affiliate teams. Kilo used to send multiple teams to regionals from the same gym. And one year, the year I went, um, that we qualified, we had another kilo team in the top 10. Mm -hmm. You know, it was funny earlier, you were talking about the guys you were competing against at um, Granite Games. You were talking about, you know, Travis Mayer and, Chandler Smith and, you know, these guys that are sort of like games veterans, you've been to the games more times than Chandler Smith. You realize that, right? Like not as an individual necessarily, but you've competed in Madison more times than he has. Just, I just wanted to put that out there for you. Yeah. This would be year number three total for me then combined. Yep. And he's only been there twice and he's not going this year. So he's going to be busy this weekend at Can West, I think. Hmm. Right. Yep. You are correct. So. So there's been some really funny comments in um, about you testing positive for pork, not PEDs. Mm -hmm. Um, And the elephant in the room is that one of the competitors did test positive for PEDs. So you actually moved up to fourth. Mm -hmm. Um, How does it make you feel knowing that you went toe to toe with someone that that had a performance enhancing drug in their system, whether knowingly or unknowingly, you went toe to toe, living on bacon and pork chops. You know it uh, feels it actually feels pretty good. Um, I have a lot to say about this whole PED thing, but uh, I'll say try it. and be nice. Oh. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's just like hearing a lot of these excuses from these guys. Um, you know, most of them don't admit to using it. They blame a tainted supplement or whatever. And maybe some of them are telling the truth. I mean, I know it is possible that supplements get tainted. So I want to, I don't want to say that they're all lying, but I mean, the majority of them are definitely lying. And, uh, you know, the ones that do admit it, talk about, you know, they were upset that the training wasn't going well. They were worried they weren't going to make it to the games. They were stressed and upset about it and this and that. And they, they thought that, you know, I can't do anything else to get better. This is the the next step for me because everything else I'm doing, I'm doing as as good as I can do it. And then, you know, it makes me hard to have sympathy for these guys when they do get caught. I mean, I just like yesterday morning, you know, I was at the farm a little after five in the morning 
and I worked there all day and I trained for hours upon hours just here in my garage alone. And then I drove to Missouri for a meeting um, to get details finalized for the house we're building. And I didn't get back home until 9.30. And, you know, just going through what I go through every day and how difficult it is and the mental grind that it is, you know, it just makes me think that any of these guys taking PEDs or, I mean, they're just pretty fucking weak mentally and makes me lose a lot of respect for them, honestly. And it makes me hard to have any sympathy for them. And, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I wouldn't say I hate them. Um, I don't want people to, you know, I think it's definitely silly to go to their comments and talk shit on them and DM them, all that stuff. You know, you don't need to be vindictive towards them, but I struggle, you know, to um, find any sympathy for them or any respect for them. And I don't really like the whole, I was kind of getting popular to, <clears throat> I don't know, show so much sympathy towards them because they're sad they got caught or whatever. Because, you know, there's guys going, there's probably some people going to the games that are using, probably not very many, but there's probably some. I mean, even like people who work high up at these drug testing agencies, they know that they don't catch everybody. And, um, you know, we don't get tested that much. Now, this is my third time going to the games. I've been tested two times my entire career. I didn't get tested at all. I went on a team. I got tested last year at Granite Games and this year at Granite Games. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So, I mean, and a lot of these guys, especially like up and comers who know they're not going to get tested in the off season or know there's a very small chance that they do. Um, <clears throat> if they hook up with somebody who knows what they're doing, um, you know, it can be pretty easy to get around the test, I'm sure. And, you know, being an athlete in the community and just knowing people, I mean, you hear a lot of rumors about, this guy or that guy and you know you hear from a friend of a friend that you know this guy's coach said he's using and now this guy's going to the games yeah. and um you know it's just rumors so i mean you you wouldn't want to call anybody out um and tarnish their reputation or character just based on the small chance that the rumors aren't true but it is frustrating you know hearing that hearing someone's coach say that their guy's using and now they're going to the games well i I knew that it would probably upset you the PED usage because you're someone that when you're bad at something like you attack that, you don't, you don't cower away from it. Like when you needed to get better at wall balls, you did what? 130 pound wall balls a day. till you got better. You talked about the rope climbs. You've climbed the rope since granite games. I don't know how many times I'm assuming a lot uh, to get better at rope climbs going into the games. So you're a guy who is head down, hard work, and not cowering from um, woe is me. So I, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts. Yeah, and like yeah. no shortcuts, right? I mean, it's got to be infuriating. I mean, it it's upsetting to us as fans, but I cannot imagine, you know, and let's face it, you're not genetically predispositioned to be the best CrossFitter, right? And there are mm-hmm. other guys that have a lot better genetics than you that are using drugs, you know, to get better. And it's like, here you are, you're already sort of up against a wall with some obstacles and you're like, just kicking them in the teeth and, and getting the work done. So I can completely understand, you know, how infuriating yeah. that must be. And I think something that people don't think about and, um, this whole PED thing is like, it's not just competitive disappointment if you miss out on going to the games because somebody cheated. 
I mean, there can be huge financial implications that stem off of that from, you know, that person took prize money from you at, re at semis, that person took prize money from you at the games, that person took um, exposure and possible sponsorship opportunities from you. And, you know, that could be the difference between you making zero money on the season and possibly going to the games, grabbing a chunk of money, grabbing a new sponsorship deal and being able to train full time um, for the next year. I mean, these have huge implications and I think people, they don't always realize that it's not just, damn, I didn't go to the games. It's, it's important financial implications and, you know, it can, it affects how these athletes are paying their bills. Right. Right. And just, I mean, it just takes one event at the games too, for, for mm -hmm. maybe a, an unknown athlete to get some notoriety, you know, and to get some airtime and the relationships that you build. I mean, you know, new coaching relationships are built at the game sometimes and, you know, really good friendships and the whole experience. It's not just mm -hmm. like you're placing at a semifinal, but it's like all those, those unwritten things that you talk about. It's true. Great point. So let's go on to some more happy topics. You talked about you're building a house. I love the way you phrased it on Instagram the other day that you are building a garage with an attached house. Mm -hmm. Building a gym with an attached house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so um, what, what is the plan for this gym? Yeah. Alan and I want something that we can do you know, anything that you could possibly want to do training wise, whether it's a 15 foot rope climb indoors, or you want to push a sled indoors, we wouldn't have room for all that stuff. <clears throat> so um, we drew up the designs ourselves, and basically going to be like a 64 by 40 um structure and 32 feet of it will be gym and 32 feet of it will be house so it'll be split 50 50 and um yeah we'll have 14 foot side walls on the gym area and then um kind of cathedral style ceiling so that way we'll be able to get the full 15 foot ropes in there and and all that stuff and we've got a concrete pad outside of it as well so we can do our outdoor training and all the stuff like that so we're, we're really excited to not you know to, i mean this garage has served its purpose, but I mean, I get maybe three quarters of a two-stall garage and the concrete's crack, cracked and the, the floors aren't level and I have to do wall balls outside, rope climbs outside, muscle-ups outside. And, you know, there's not room for, like, we want to get an air runner because, you know, it's hard to do sprints when it's snowing outside. Um, you know, just all kinds of things like that that we have planned for when we get this built and you know, it's really going to help our training out a lot and make it a lot more enjoyable for sure. So John uh, or Sean asks, uh, did you, uh, did you build a swimming <laughs> hole too? Swimming hole. <laughs> we've got a, we've got a pond out back that we can maybe swim in, but no, that'd be nice. Last time we were on, you said you were building something because you had heard some rumors and seen some clues and it turned out to be a flip sled, which you were, pretty accurate on it showed up at granite games how proud are you of your version of the flip sled uh, my version is pretty good um we're still waiting on the bumpers to get here so i have to just use my crash pads but once the <laughs> bumpers get here i mean it'll be almost an exact replica of the flip sled um i think it weighs 330 pounds empty and you could put 600 plus pounds on it if you wanted to it's built very sturdy and we're gonna get a nice paint job on it and put some kilo trained stickers on it once we get it all done after the game. So it'll be pretty sweet, but yeah, it works well. I've used it for quite a few workouts. I just had to 
flip it back and forth on the trash pads until those bumpers get shipped. That's freaking awesome. Although you didn't get to flip it too much at, at the Granite Games. You just had to push it. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of disappointing, but you know, she just saw that coming, knowing that we were. I was so confused and... watching that, seeing that, mm-hmm. seeing that cool thing, and they're calling it a flip sled, and no one's flipping it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we should have saw that coming, I guess, because they won't even let us, you know, drop a barbell on the turf, <laughs> which made sense. So yeah. we should, I should. I was thinking, like, how are they going to do the flip sled on the turf? But I said, now I've got it just in case. How how similar was pushing that sled compared to? other sleds you've used or the torque tank? Um, it's pretty similar to, you know, it's just a straight up sled. It's got those skis on it. It's got the handles and yeah, you can push it um, just as you would a normal sled. You can kind of hold your hands up and stick your head through. Or you can push out on it with your arm straight. Um, it is a lot different than the, than the torque tank though, where the torque tank is just, you know, you just kind of kind of keep moving and, deal with the pain you can't really go too fast on it which you know, probably, probably would have helped me because anthony davis sprinted past me the last i don't know five yards <laughs> on that sled and took the 10th spot for me on that event yeah that that dude can move some weight in any direction <laughs> yeah. up down forward backward um so teddy is saying that we need more colton content with the blowtorch <laughs> and then it's either elise or alice when are you going to sell them? Um, I've actually kind of thought about it. I ran the numbers and yeah, we could probably make some profit off of them, but I don't know how much time I'll have uh, once we get back into training, unless I want to make a few right after the games gets over shipping. Might I mean, be a little bit of an issue too. I mean, there's been a couple, uh, a, a, a male and female couple with the last name Henninger that started a, <laughs> an equipment company doing just that. So mm-hmm. that might be yeah. a, a very lucrative uh, idea. Well, thank you, oh, Elise. Nice now we know. <laughs> so um, I'm probably going to go all over the map now, but I read somewhere that you love to read. Do you get a chance to do that now with everything going on at the farm and the games training? Um, so usually when I read, <clears throat> if I ever sit down and actually read a paper book, it's when I'm doing mobility work or recovery work in the evening. Um, but most of the time I listen to audiobooks. Um, you know, I can burn through a lot of audiobooks whenever, you know, like I'm driving to Iowa City to train on a weekend or if I'm at the farm doing chores and, um, you know, it's just kind of grunt work and your mind is idle. You can get through a lot of books that way too. Or I can listen to them when I'm doing my mobility work as well. And you know, I get through a lot of books that way. I have a few that I want to read that I can't get on audio, but. I'll probably have to wait till after the games to get more time to finish those. You need to get, you need to get that audible sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. I think I do. <laughs> yeah. Save you a ton of money. Um, mm-hmm. I also read that your favorite cheat is a Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah, I do enjoy Reese's peanut butter chocolate combo. Mm-hmm. So the big question like, that we like them too. Who's so that? Good. Oh, pigs. pigs. Yeah. Mm. Really? Yeah, they love those. They don't get they don't get sick from chocolate like dogs do. Not so far. <laughs> although, although truth be told, dogs don't actually get sick from milk chocolate. They get sick from like the baker's chocolate. So, all right, uh, go ahead. Sorry. 
So my big question is ever since we've been doing this podcast, we had Dex Hopkins on way back in the day and him and Chandler Smith had a debate about Reese's. Do you eat any of the offshoots of the Reese's Pinderberg cup? Because Dex says those are all trash, like fast breaks, <laughs> that kind of stuff. It's just the original. And Chandler is all about the fast breaks and the offshoots. I pretty much only eat the original. I don't, yeah, I don't give too much time to the offshoots and whatnot. Just the good old original. They got it right the first time, you know, you can't, it doesn't really get much better than that. There what, are, what about the shapes? Some, yeah. Do you do like the Easter eggs or the Christmas trees, the pumpkins? Nah. So it's already perfect the first time. Yeah. Reese's aficionados have a sort of chocolate to peanut butter ratio preference. <laughs> and um, depending on what you get, like the shapes tend to have a little more peanut butter in them and like a thinner layer of chocolate. And if you've ever gotten the ones in the bag that are like the tiny little guys that aren't wrapped, they're just loose oh, in the bag. Yeah. Those have a lot of chocolate and just a little bit of peanut butter. Those are my favorite because I'm a chocolate queen. But um, my husband gets the big fat ones that are like extra peanut butter. Ooh, cannot yeah. do those. It's too much. If you get those sweet. little ones for the pigs, that'd be easier to hand them out. But yeah, you have yeah. Be, you, have, you have to be careful because once they know you have them, you give them too much they're all over times, they, yeah, they get aggressive and they, <laughs> they try and get more. So Sean says, what about pig-shaped Reese's? Pig that would be Reese's. awesome. <clears throat> that would be awesome. Oh, good grief. <laughs> so we had Emily Rolf on a couple weeks ago, and she talked about one of her dreams was to swim with the pigs, which I had never heard of in my life. <laughs> do you see that as something you would want to do, being a pig farmer? <laughs> yeah, pigs love water. They really, really like water. You have to, you have to kind of watch them because they'll um, – you have to set up the water in a way that they can't just, you know, Drown. um, yeah, we're just like, cause they'll just sit there and lay like with their head on the, I guess the water spigot and just pump water all day long <clears throat> if you let them. So you got to kind of watch them there and, uh, you know, they'll create <laughs> mud holes or whatever. And when I was, I remember when I was little, um, my brother and I took one of our pigs and we put a, a leash on it. We took it to a pond at the farm. He played around a little bit in the kind of in the banks of the pond, but yeah, I never actually went swimming with pigs, but I'm sure that they would like it. They love water, surprisingly. I'm probably going to yeah, regret this question. Was. I'm going to regret this question, but have you had any pigs fatally wounded from the water? Is that why you said that? No. Okay, good. That was going to bother me. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that they would enjoy it. I'm not sure I would enjoy swimming with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I worked on a farm for them. one summer and it was awful. Pigs are so mean. Yeah, they are. Um, you know, people kind of think, I mean, they're really not so domesticated, you know, like a dog or whatever. I mean, they, um, they don't really distinguish you from other kinds of food. If they had the opportunity, I'm sure they would love to, you know, <laughs> eat a person too or whatever. And, <laughs> You know, it's like, <clears throat> yeah. We're getting into a weird area here. Yeah. So Elise says, are pigs fast swimmers? Cause that could be a training partner. Um, I think so. Cause I mean, hippos are pretty fast swimmers and I think They're pigs buoyant, are in the hippo. Right? 
I, di- I didn't know this was going to turn into pig facts um, with Colton, but yeah. hey, it's where the conversation's going. While, <laughs> while we're talking animals, Colton, do you have any exciting litters coming up, dog litters? Can you hear us? Yeah. Um, my brother just, um, he raises dogs and he just got a couple Dotsons. Mm-hmm. They just had puppies this morning, actually. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna probably look at them sometime this weekend. And mm-hmm. I was going to come from them, but they're not the colors that I was wanting. So Allie and I are actually going to start raising dogs. Once we get the house built, um, we're going to build a dog shed and kind of have it. So, um, I guess I'm not going to explain it, but, um, yeah, it'll be a big fenced in area and we'll have a shed. So we'll have access indoors and outdoors all the time. Mm-hmm. And we're going to raising some Dotsons at first and then eventually maybe start raising, uh, some Basset hounds. We'll see how it goes, but <clears throat> yeah, trying to get some extra side income so that Allie can spend more time training as well. Love it. So go ahead. Go ahead, Kat. No, I was just saying, I love it. Love dogs, oh. all the dogs. So, um, what is your workload like on the farm right now? Do you get to back off going into the games a little bit or do you have to still work your full-time day? Um, <clears throat> I don't always get, um, like a choice in it. Sometimes, you know, the work just has to get done. And if I'm, if I'm not there to do it, then somebody else will have to do it. So a lot of times it's just, I have to just try and hurry up and get the work done and cross my fingers. It works out that I'm not super busy, you know, the week leading up to the games. Uh oh, we we lost you. Drops and everything, and oh, there we go. Yeah, that, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, um, yeah. You just kind of hope that you're not super busy leading up to the games, but um, it just kind of is what it is, and you have to you just have to get it done. Yeah, I I just can't imagine. Like you said earlier, like no no other athletes are doing like a full day's farm work and training. Does does doing the farm work allow you to not train as much because of the physical demands it has? I would say I train just as much or more volume <clears throat> as anybody else in the sport. Um, I'd say the rest between my workouts is way shorter than what most people do. You know, a lot of people, a lot of games athletes will hit a session in the morning and then midday and again in the evening. <clears throat> They'll take those several hours between their sessions and they might split up to where they have just a strength session and they come back and do some Metcons or whatever. But for me, it's just kind of, you know, one after the other, I'll hit a workout and then drink some electrolytes and get hydrated, maybe eat a little bit. And then, you know, it might be 20 minutes later until I start the clock for my next one. And I just kind of do that until I run out of time and it's time to start eating and then get ready for bed. But, you know, I still get in just as much volume as anybody else, I believe. What do you do to help with recovery? I do a ton of things for recovery. <clears throat> um, eating enough is a big one. Um, getting all your protein, carbs, and fats. Um, that's one thing. And then sleeping as much as you can. Uh, making sure that you know, you're know you getting good quality sleep. Your bedroom's cold. It's comfortable. All those things. And then um, you know doing a lot of soft tissue work with a, like a lacrosse ball or a softball and a foam roller doing a lot of that stuff, doing a lot of massage with massage guns, um, doing um, blood flow um, recovery work with like, you know, those compression boots, 
um, doing muscle stim with a, you know, a little muscle stim device. There's so many different things that you can do and um, it's really boring and it gets old, but it definitely helps. And he, I definitely notice on like, if I have a light day of training or a rest day and I can spend, you know, the hours I would be spent training, if I can spend those doing recovery, um, I definitely notice a huge difference in how my body feels the next day and <clears throat> just the, how I feel in like the bottom of a snatch or whatever. Yeah, Wad, Wad Zombie's a little, being a little bit funny here with uh, who's this Colton guy? Never heard of him. Um, Wad Colton, Zombie's who, actually helped with your popularity. Yeah, 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 for sure. Who um, is in charge of your social media? Just me and Allison. Um, she helps me um, record content, take pictures, whatever. And she helps me a lot with like sponsor posts, getting good pictures for them. And things yep. like that. But yeah, it's just her and me. She helps me take are the you, pictures. The are you a tier athlete now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's Excited to work on Yeah, they've got good stuff. Their shoes aren't available yet, but they're really good. I think they'll be available this fall. So have you anybody, had a chance to try them out? Mm-hmm. Yep, I've got them. I like them a lot. Both the the runners and the trainers and I don't use lifters, so I don't know how those are, but mm-hmm. yeah, I really like those. That, that's incredible. That's a good sponsor, man. And is it full apparel, like shirts and everything? Yep. Shirts, shorts, awesome. shoes, and um, swim swim gear as well. They're big in swimming, of course. And well, now they're what the about those sunglasses? Years. Yep. And they've got like sunglasses have the kind of grippies on them. So it's kind of will stay on your head if you're doing like a handstand walk or whatever and it's also perfect for me because I can't, I don't like it when it sits touching like my ear Back and that crack ear. in my yeah. ear. I always wear them up a little bit and Allie makes fun of me because she thinks I look weird, but these ones, um, they're nice because they won't fall off your head and they also don't slide down onto my ears if I don't want them to. Yeah, they are coming in hot. Mm-hmm. Are you uh, Are you feeling any uh, pressure from them to um, go to Wadapalooza this year? Um, I definitely, I want to go to Waterpalooza again. That's usually a good off-season comp. Um, you know, it's usually, yeah, that probably was the wrong way to say it. I didn't mean pressure, but (laughs) knowing now that they're the title sponsor, like, does that make it even more fun for you to go? Yeah, for sure. I know they'll do a great job with that. Um, I mean, they're just high quality and high integrity company. And I know that they'll do a good job sponsoring Waterpalooza and it'll definitely be fun to get out there and, Maybe see some of the teams as well. Yeah, and they've already announced a big prize purse for that. So definitely worth the while of an elite athlete to head there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Colt and I, our partners at Fantasy Fitnessing put together a stat sheet on you. And there's a couple things I found that were really interesting um, that I just kind of want to share with everybody. And I'm going to pull that up right now as soon as I can find my mouse. There we go. So here's your stat sheet. And one thing that I found really fascinating is if you look at, um, and for some reason it's not, whoop, I don't know what happened there. Let's try this one more time. Colton, are you wearing sunscreen? You look like you're getting a sunburn on your shoulders. No, I don't wear sunscreen. 
I don't tan very well, so I need all the help I can get. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm the mom. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I lost it somehow. It closed. Never mind. Anyway, what I was going to talk to you about was that uh, your average finish at Granite Games in 2021 was 8.3. Do you know what your average finish in 2022 was? No. 8.3. You looked so much fitter this year than last year. Now, you had a couple event wins last year, but I would say the field was much more difficult this year than last year. So yeah. that, that, that figure's a little misleading. Yeah, the field was definitely deeper this year. I mean, last year you had a lot of good guys too. You know, you had uh, Roy Gamboa and there's a lot of guys who are perennial games athletes. And then this year you did too. But, um, you know, this year it seemed like you had a lot of guys who could be top 20 at the games. You know, Fikowski and Mayer and Quant and <clears throat> there's so many good guys there. And look at the if you look at the last chance qualifier, um, first and fourth place both came from Granite Games, and the other guy quit, didn't finish it. Um, so I don't know where he would have been. But um, yeah, you, you can definitely make a case for saying Granite Games was one of the most difficult men's fields to qualify out of. Um, so that. Um, that definitely plays a role. And then I think the programming was not as favorable for me this year as it was last year. So um, considering those two things, I was pretty proud with um, being able to make it again. And I know that there's a lot of improvement in my fitness, um, regardless of still having the same average fitness in the same place as last year. Well, it's probably different now that one person has been eliminated from the leaderboard. So now you finish fourth and now in your average placing would go up mm one on a couple of those. So it's probably a little bit higher, but the other thing that they broke down was um, every event with a certain movement in it, they put your placing across the the screen and it shows like what your best movements are. Can you guess, and this is from 2020 forward. What do you think your best movements were? Chest of bars, handstand pushups and thrusters. Probably dead on accurate. Of course. In that, I think in that order, chest to bars, one handstand pushup, two thrusters, three. Can we, can we talk about how exciting that chest to bar workout at Granite games was to watch you do that? I mean, that was awesome. Yeah, that, that event was a lot of fun. Um, I fell behind a little bit early on, but, um, I knew I was going to go fast on the chest. And then, um, yeah, I know, I think I had a three rep lead on Mayer um, coming off, coming into the snatches. I think I had three done before he got there. I think I extended it by a rep or a rep and a half or so. And um, then I went on to the run. I didn't know how fast the other guys were going to sprint. I didn't really have much left in me to sprint all that hard. But, yeah, they didn't make too big of a push on the run. I think they were pretty tired, too. And it's always funny going back and looking at those events and looking at how funny – Crossfitters look running <laughs> after doing workouts like that. Your, your muscles are all full of lactic acid and everything. It's like dizzy that. I have to tell <laughs> you, I was standing above the rig, like up on the, the top of the stadium, looking down at the rig. And when you came off that chest bar, 
there was a huge gasp from everybody around me. Like what the what? Mm-hmm. Because you were so fast on those chest bars because you came in, you probably made up eight places. It seemed you were so fast. Um, and it was shocking to everybody around. Yeah. It also helps show that I'm at least to myself that like, I don't have a upper body pulling, um, weakness that translates into the rope climb. It's more of just, it's a little bit harder movement for me. And, um, just, that's kind of helps with confidence knowing that, you know, um, I've done a good job at developing my upper body pulling and I can keep doing that and get better at rope climbs as well as already being good at some of the other gymnastics, upper body pulling movements. So going into the games last year, I talked to you on Sunday, probably not the best day to talk to you, but you were very open and honest. And I really appreciated that. And you talked about how up until last year, you were training everything to make the games and you weren't prepared when you got there for all the other stuff. How much of you look at the games this year and say, this is where I can make up ground. And this is where I just have to let it go and know that that's going to be a bad event for me. Yeah. So I think I've definitely improved in a lot of weaknesses that I had from last year. Um, You know, one year is not enough time to go from, you know, being bottom 10 to, top five and advance the games. And um, something I think that not a lot of people understand, um, like when athletes are working to develop their weaknesses, um, it's not as simple as like, all right, I'm just going to hammer this for a year and now it's fixed. Because like, let's say you're, like I'll bring up maybe Laura Horvath. Um, I know she had a problem with like strict handstand pushups. And then the next year she still wasn't great at them. And people are like, oh, why doesn't she work on them? You know, she's probably been working on them a ton. But go from having a weakness in a movement to being um, good against the games level field is um, it's really difficult. But you, have to, you have to be very good at a movement to be competitive in it at the games. And if you have a, just like a anatomical weakness on something that takes, it's going to take a lot of time to develop that. And I think that's something that people don't always understand. When um, you know, like an athlete comes back and they have the same weaknesses they did last year, like it takes time to develop it. And um, you know, like <clears throat> you think about something like running, um, you know, if we all run a 5K and let's say I'm, let's say I take like bottom 10 and maybe I'm like two minutes from being in the middle of the pack and five minutes from being in the front of the pack, like it takes a long time to take two minutes off your 5K on top of all your other training. And even then you're just still middle of the pack and you have a long ways to go to being good at that movement at the games level. And it just takes time. But I mean, um, like swimming, I've gotten a lot better at it this year. Um, I swam hard from the end of the games last season up until quarterfinals. I think I started to back off swimming. And then now that we're done with semis, I'm back into swimming a lot. And I just did, I did like a 1K time trial after the games. I did, another 1K swim here the other week. Um, not like a max effort, just like a rest day, active recovery swim. And even that was a minute and a half faster than my PR time from almost a year ago. So definitely getting faster wow. in the water. Hopefully it, hopefully it uh, shows out of the games. Since you're good at discovering clues and stuff, do you think you're going to be in a pool or in the lake? I anticipate we'll be in a pool. <laughs> I think we'll be in a pool this year. 
And um, heard it here first. I like that better because um, I think that swimming can get weighted too much when you have an event that's just dominated by it. Like you rarely have an event that's dominated by burpees or any single movement besides like a max lift or a run. So I think when we have an event that's just you know your swimming ability, it's um I I like it better when like uh, the 2020 swim event I think was really good because it wasn't just swimming it was swimming paired with other things so it wasn't just how good of a swimmer you were yeah, yeah can funny. you do flip turns i can do them um <laughs> i'll just leave that i can you do might them. not be the fastest right <laughs> that's great it's funny because we we talked to one athlete and they they were like you know what my swimming's terrible but if I did it every day, I'd still probably only get five places better. And my energy is spent better getting better at other things where I can make up more ground. Do you ever have to think through that process? Yeah. But I mean, you, if you swim hard for a whole year, um, you're never going to make up the ground on the guys like Yon Koski who swim for hours a day for years on end, you know, but, um, you can definitely get better. I mean, you can go, like, I think I was 34th on the swim event last year. And can I go from 34th to 20th in a year or two? For sure. And, um, <clears throat> like, when I'm swimming, also, like, um, a lot of these movements have transferable, you know, properties. Like, if I'm swimming, I'm not just getting better at swimming. I'm developing, you know, some aerobic capacity. If I'm doing an hour-long zone to swim, there's some aerobic capacity getting developed. I'm developing my my lats, my shoulders, um, my legs for the kick. I mean, there's more things than, like when I swim, my fitness is increasing as well, not just my swimming abilities. So that's something that people need to take into account too. I mean, like if you know that you're going to do 45 minutes of zone two training, and you're going to do that every single Thursday for, you know, the bulk of your training season, um, <clears throat> you know, why not do it in a pool and get better at swimming? You know, Frazier did it talks about how we did a ton of you know c2 biking for zone two and um he wasn't doing it on the c2 bike because he wanted to just get really good at the c2 bike he was doing it to develop his aerobic capacity and his leg endurance so you know there's a lot of these transferable things that people don't always consider and i also think people don't want to swim so they they it's a convenient excuse well and i think too uh, you know history will tell us at the games that it's really just been present one time, one event, almost like a single modality type thing. And, you know, if they do move to a pool this year, you know, swimming is going to have a little bit more of an impact in terms of how fit are you in the pool and not just how technically, you know, how long can you go on a swim, right? It's just going to be a different measure this year. And hopefully, you know, maybe that'll change the way people feel about swimming as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe there'll be two swim events. Hope not. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, like, who knows? Yeah, I, I could see them doing something where, you know, we have back-to-back -back swim type events for sure. Mm -hmm. So I got I got a chance to kind of hang out with you and Allie after Granite Games um, at the hotel. And it was funny because Allie wanted to celebrate that both of you were going to the games. And you were like, I am so tired. <laughs> and And I didn't know you were sick at the time. And that's probably what it was all about. And you're like, all I want to do is sleep. I don't want to 
celebrate or anything like that. If you get through when, not if, when you get through the full weekend at the CrossFit Games, no cut, are you going to celebrate with Allie at the end of the weekend? Yeah, we'll do some celebrating. Um, the, the CrossFit Kilo crew gets pretty rowdy, so I'm sure they'll want to do some stuff too. And uh, yeah, we'll go have some fun. But um, like after a competition, especially like after Granite Games, I, I wanted to do better than fifth, of course. Of course, well, I was happy to make it to the games. I wasn't like stoked. And it's just kind of nice to, you know, maybe go, go eat, have a drink, and then go back to the hotel and just relax a bit. But um, yeah, I think we'll do some celebrating after the games. Yeah, it just was, it was cracking me up. Cause she was all ready to go and she hadn't done anything that weekend, but cheer you on. And uh, you're just like, no, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how our relationship goes. She's always um, definitely the, like the more social one and wants to get out there and do stuff and drags me out of the house once in a while. It's a good balance. Yeah. Well, Colton is always, it has been a blast. I learned more about pigs today than, than I ever knew. And uh, that was awesome. And as always, you're, you're just a fun guy to, to hang out with. So thank you so much for jumping on with us. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's always fun to talk to you guys, too. And I appreciate you having me on your platform as well. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see, see you in a couple soon. weeks. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.